Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. And now for the weight management portion of the Krabby Pastor podcast. And um, I got to say, you know, don't, don't, cut off at this point. Don't go do something else and say, oh, good heavens, she's going to talk about stuff I'd rather not talk about. Because I just have to share with you that if there is a famine in the land, that I will be the last one standing. If I was a horse, I would be what they call a horse. Well, she's a real easy keeper, meaning that you just throw a little bit of hay in there and she stays nice and healthy looking as opposed to a horse that I once owned that you'd throw a ton of hay in there and you could still see his ribs. You know, it's like, gee, I have a pokey metabolism and I've been extra struggling lately. 11 weeks ago, I broke my wrist. So, you know, at least the first six weeks you were out and off and even though I asked them at probably week four. So when can I get back on my bike? Because I was having a really good year, you know, I was really riding a lot and really enjoying it. And I had to give that up for a period of time. I still have not gotten on the outdoor bicycle and I feel like just frustrated. And, you know, I talked to my coach about this this past week and realized how emotional I got, you know, as I'm talking about it with with the coach and realized that it bothered me way more than what I thought, because getting off track, you can get off track and you can fall off the horse. And the big deal is whether you get back on or not. And I can get off track. And the big deal is whether I get back on track. And At the end of my coaching session, I came away with the notion of, you know, what kind of person do I want to be? Do I want to be the person that waves the white flag and just says, oh, forget this. I'm not going to even bother anymore. You know, leave me alone. Let me eat ho-hos or whatever your personal poison is or your, I think some people call it your trigger food. My trigger food is chocolate. It took me a while to discover that, but I did. So I want you to hang with me because as we chat about this, I have a lot to say. And and I guess the first thing that I just recounted to you is that this is a point of struggle for me as well. So if you're not, I was riding 50 miles a week. Now, you can momentarily be impressed by that. But I think if you looked at me, it's not like you would look at me and you'd say, Oh, yeah, she runs marathons. No, no, I think my 88 year old dad said something about the women in the family being and this is the word he used back in June, stout. And I had to go look that up for a minute. I was kind of guessing that I knew what he meant. But I looked it up nonetheless and went, these are really crummy genetics, Dad. 
to have. But so I'm telling you that I, I this is an area that I struggle with and, and I'm chronically working on and, and I want to share some things with you. Because in my coaching session, I it, what came what came up for me anyway was how crabby I am on an emotional level about this. But the idea of having to get started and get back on track was just feeling overwhelming that day, and I was pretty crabby about that. And not not just that I have to get back on track. I mean, that's a part of it. But I feel like I'm not even starting where I left off and I'm not even starting where I first began riding outside, but that I'm really beginning further back on the scale because of the injury that I'm trying to work through and get better and heal so that I can do that potentially if I can get my self in gear and get back on track. So I really was lamenting this. And as I was doing it, I was thinking about the passage. I believe it's Second Kings, don't hold me to that, where Elijah is just whining to God and says, I'm the only one left out of everybody. And it's just really, you know, and I like that because that's pretty whiny. That's kind of borderline crabby, whiny. And it, it was untrue. It was absolutely untrue. And it's interesting how our emotions can get all caught up in what we perceive as going on. And it may not be exactly accurate. So it is not exactly accurate that I am starting to get back on track and I'm beyond where I was as a beginner, meaning beyond like before and I'm in worse shape than I was when I started this whole cycling thing. And you need to understand that I just really am. It was unexpected that I got into riding a bike. I did it the first couple of years to ride with my youngest son and husband in the Tour Detroit. I just kind of mooched my way in. And the first year I had a cruddy bike. And the second year they decided I needed to get rid of the cruddy bike. So I, you know, got a bike that costs way more than anything that they sell, you know, at Walmart or Meyer or any of those kind of places. It was kind of, I know they cost 10 times more than the one that I have, but they decided I needed a better bike. So the following year, I did do really well because I had a bike that, you know, fit me. <laughs> so I put a lot of work and effort into this. And what happened at, over COVID is my walking group kind of fell apart. Nobody wanted to walk outside six feet apart or whatever. And so I just went, oh, well, I guess I will just ride my bike by myself. And a few weeks into it, I was into it. And I am from our walking group's perspective, the unofficial statistician. So I would say to them, you know, the wind speed is this and the cloud cover is that and it's this many degrees and whatever. I think the coldest we walked outside was 14 degrees. That's the coldest. So I like to run my Strava and I'm snarky girl on Strava and I'm running that and I'm snarky girl on Echelon too, <laughs> surprisingly. But you know, when you got a good thing, you just stick with it. But anyway, I am keeping stats. I am 
understanding how fast I'm going, how far the rate of speed. And to me, this is a big deal, but I got up to 11 miles an hour average speed doing 50 miles a week. So this is a big deal, but it's been years that I've been kind of working at this. So, you know, I'm telling you here that if you find something you like it, it might take a while for you to A, like it, and B, once you do start liking it, you know, should that moment arrive, because I tried running and, you know, I was, I did a year's worth and then I said, you know, I hate this. (laughs) So I stopped. You have to find something you like and stick with it. So I I did manage to get pretty good. I did figure out all my stats. And so now I'm figuring, oh my gosh, I am even in worse shape than when I first started, which if I go and look at the stats, even on my indoor bike, which is where I'm limited to at the moment, um, I can see that I'm not as good as my personal best kind of records but I'm not what I was when I very first got on that bike. I can see walking, you know, because I've been doing some walking outside. I can see my pace is still not what it was, you know, when I was all chugging away on the bike and whatever, because then I'd make my dog's power walk outside. But it's not where I was at the very, very beginning. So sometimes our getting back on tracks our own mindset can be the stumbling block in that. Now, you know, if I if I gravitate to food, because they'll tell you, you know, food and the moving, moving, you know, which is whatever activity is your personal poison here. <laughs> mine happens to be getting on a bike, mine happens to be walking. Those are things that I just do well and, and, actually kind of enjoy somewhat. I know I've got to keep moving. I had somebody put that on my Facebook page. Keep moving, keep moving. Because, you know, frankly, with this injury, there's been a, you know, there's been more than one time where I've thought, I'm just going to sit down and say, that's it, folks. Now, working with my coach, I realized I really don't want to be that person. I want to be the person that keeps on keeping on and keeps on working at it. Is it going to be perfect? No. And, you know, I am also the recovering perfectionist here. Is it going to be statistically the same as right when, right before the injury occurred? No. And I'm just going to have to deal with reality as it is. Hey, I would love to hear what makes you crabby or what might make you crabby on just the right day, you know, or maybe, maybe you know what makes your friend in ministry crabby. You could send that along too. send it to Margie at MargieBryce.com. That's Margie at MargieBryce.com. And that may indeed be fodder for our next session together. Going back then to food. You know, you got to find something that works for you and making, learning how to make some healthier choices. And if you can make healthy choices, like 80% of the time, you're doing good. Now, my coaching, I also had on my sheet that helps me get focused and helps her know what, what I'm coming at her with. You know, I had the issue of not feeling like I can be on track with food either. 
because, you know, carbs are comfort food, you know, which is where you kind of gravitate when you're, you know, I'm, I'm kind of grieving a bit the loss of this time on the bike and all the mornings I go out and I go, well, this would be a nice day for a ride. Look, the wind speed is barely and it's sunny and it's, you know, and I had to admit that I was grieving that. But again, a lot of my issue, most of them right now is emotionally grieving that loss and working, letting my body heal and then working my mindset. So what do I want to do when I am done with this? Because I want to be able to go the distance. I want to be able to serve God to the best of my ability for as long as I possibly can. And so that means I've got to take care of the temple that he gave me, even though I would have requested a temple with a better metabolism. But that, I don't know, that might be another podcast episode. I'm not sure yet. But I need to do the kind of self-care so that I can build sustainability into my heart, into my life, into this ministry. I mean, I'm right here with you guys. I'm, I am, and by you guys, that's the, um, I'm in the Rust Belt. So, you know, you guys means all y'all, you know, it's a plural form of you, and it's not a, a gender assault in any way, shape, or form. But I'm right there with all y'all. I have to say all y'all, because it just, I just worry that I'll, annoy somebody. Could be annoying anyway, but whatever. I power on here. So I'm right there with all y'all. I am building a bridge as I walk on it. I am feeling called to offer encouragement and hope and help ministry leaders build sustainability into their lives and into their ministries. And so I have been working away on this for two or three years now. And as I go along, it keeps getting more and more focused. Now we're very focused and we've got pieces are all coming together in kind of a a fun way. And I am, you know, on Facebook, self-care and sustainability for ministry leaders, building that community up. And I am going to be putting sustainability groups together, groups of at most six people who are don't know each other or in ge- different geographical locations because if you're in the serve in the Methodist ranks, you just like never know who's going to be your DS, and so people are a little more guarded. But groups where you can, we can talk every month for six months. Once a month, there'll be a key ingredient to sustainability, and when we're done with those six months, we can focus. Ask everybody to pick one area that they really want to dive into over a three-month period and do some concentrated meetings, and those will be revised and the whole process will be outlined for you. But anyway, I so I want to say I don't know what I'm doing, but I do, if that makes sense. I have a sense that God is leading, guiding, and directing, and I am just working it trying to be surrendered to God's purposes and working it. So I'm right there with you. I'm struggling with you. I am building the bridge as I walk on it, as they say. I am seeking for God to guide and direct and move the ministry that I'm called to forward. So I am right there with you. So I wanted to share all of that with you. 
And I'll ask you if you want to get some weekly, several times a week, actually, encouragement to find self-care and sustainability for ministry leaders on Facebook. You can always email me, Margie at MargieBryce.com and and or go to my website, MargieBryce.com. And that's Bryce, like rice that you eat with a B on the front. And instead of a I, it's a Y. So that should help you uh, maybe find and connect with me and with the broader community of people who want to build sustainability into their lives. Now, you know, I will save for both food and for both movement. In either case, you got to find something that works for you. And I know in subsequent podcasts, there's a lot of latitude there. I have used several different options with the food. And so this is a quest. (laughs) It is a quest. And it's, I will be right there with you. It's an annoying quest, but we got to do it. And at the end of the day, we feel better about the people that God created us to be when we are taking care of our temple and the temple that God has given to us to function in this world so that we do not become the crabby pastor. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for considering what it looks like to be the crabby pastor. And my hope and prayer would be that you would be doing everything that you need to do to not be the crabby pastor.